sometimes when I when I think about it myself, when I look back over my life internally, and I think I think about all the things I've been through and where I came from to where I am now. And I don't say where I am now as if I've made it, because I certainly haven't. But um I, when I look back, man, I'm so proud of myself, Billy. And that's that's one that's one phrase I've never been able to use in my entire life. And I mean this literally. I've never been able to say, Michael Watkins, I'm proud of you. But now I can because yeah. I, I, went through, I went through a major horrific struggle and, and I emerged from it successfully, whereas a lot of others that I knew didn't. My guest today is 2019 Campbell University graduate Michael Watkins, a man I interviewed back in 2018, a year before earning his degree. Michael's story is a memorable one. A felony arrest for breaking and entering in 1989 led to a short prison sentence and struggles after his release. Michael battled addiction and was homeless off and on for over 20 years before he turned his life around and eventually enrolled in Campbell University's adult and online education program. Since that interview nearly five years ago, he's gone on to earn a master's degree and is currently seeking a doctorate from Walden University. As always, thank you for listening and for supporting Campbell University. I'm Billy Liggett, Director of News and Publications at Campbell, and this rhymes with orange. Right, Mr. Watkins, the last time I talked to you, you were on the doorsteps of a college degree, and I remember you were very excited at the time, and now you're going after a doctorate, so... Let's just start by asking, how have these last five years been for Michael Watkins? Well, uh, to be honest, um, a doctorate degree was always my childhood dream. I knew I wanted a doctorate degree when I was a teenager. And uh, I used to tell my mother all the time I wanted to uh, go to school to get a doctorate degree. And she would further tell me that I could do anything I wanted to if I just applied myself. Um, In the last five years, uh, since we last talked, uh, I went, you know, I went to grad school uh, after graduating from Campbell. And um, but I got to tell you this, Billy, before yeah. I went, before I got into grad school, uh, right after I graduated from Campbell, uh, what I got for a graduation present was an eviction notice from my landlord. OK, <laughs> so that was that was completely unexpected. I didn't know where that came from. So I was I was thrust back into homelessness temporarily uh, right wow. after I graduated from Campbell. And uh, so that lasted about a month and a half, I think, and until I got to where I live now. Okay. Uh, then, then I went back to grad school and uh, I graduated in May of last year. I mean, May of this year. And uh, then I went to uh, now I'm in. My doctoral program, and I, like I said, I did my doctoral program because I, I had always wanted to, but I was afraid of the, of the expense of it. But uh, I, I went ahead and underwent loans, and now I'm still here. My this is my second, this is the end of my second quarter in my okay. doctoral program. Okay, I did I didn't know about this eviction. Was there ever a fear that that would send you back to a place you thought you'd left behind, or was there a feeling that you could handle this better now? There was some a, a bit of a fear of of being homeless again, 
not a fear of being in drug addiction or anything like that. No, right. I, I knew I knew I wasn't going back in that direction. But just it, there, was, there was a great fear of just being homeless again. You yeah. know, I it had been a long time since I'd been homeless prior, and I just I, that was somewhere I never wanted to go back to in the beginning. And uh, I found myself there unexpectedly, and it was it was a great shock. It was a huge shock. I just, I just didn't know how to take it. But, you know, that first night, I think the first night I was, no, the first month after I, I got, I was homeless, I stayed in hotels. I stayed in hotels uh, for as long as I could afford it. Right. And um, after my money ran out, then I was on the street. Then I was on the street and I had to do the best I could. So I went. I, I went and stayed, I slept on the church porch one night and I went live on Facebook when I did it and I showed the people what homelessness really looks like. Yeah. And, and when I did, that's when support came. Support came from everywhere. And I stayed, uh, I could afford to stay at a hotel for six additional weeks, uh, through the generosity of others. And okay. that's when I, I waited for my apartment to come through where I'm at now and it did. And, uh, and I moved here and I've been here since. For those unfamiliar with your story, which was just featured on WRAL, um, take us back to, to 1989. Take us back to that arrest and how that all spiraled into what became, a, I think, a very difficult situation for you. Well, uh, my, my uh, arrest and convictions in 1989, um, I had uh, two counts of breaking, well, four counts of breaking, entering, and larceny. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to prison. I was sentenced to three years in the North Carolina Department of Correction. I served six months. Uh, and on the day I made parole, they told me I should have been, they said I should have been out three months earlier, but they let the wrong Michael Watkins out. Awesome. So I stayed, I was in prison longer than I was supposed to have been. But uh, when I did get out, uh, and I lived in Clinton, North Carolina, there were no, there was no employment hopes for me because I was a freshly released felon. Right. And uh, so I stayed, I think I stayed in Clinton one month after I was released. And then I moved to Raleigh um, in May of 89 and with the hopes of having a second chance at life. Uh, when I got here, it did not quite happen as I had hoped. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, I was I was thrust into homelessness almost almost initially when I got here. I remember one thing you told me when you were first homeless, you said, I had nice clothes and I had nicer shoes and I had nicer shirts than everybody. And I think you told me that you felt like you stuck out. So was was there ever like a denial on your part that this wasn't real? And do you think maybe that denial or maybe just not accepting the situation where you were in, do you think maybe that kept you from wanting to escape it early on? I don't necessarily think it was a denial, but homelessness was something I, I, I never knew about. Never. Yeah. Before that, before that event happened. So I, it was completely alien to me. Uh, you know, as a child, uh, we didn't, we never heard of homelessness. We heard of bums, vagrants, winos, but you never heard the word homeless until I got to Raleigh. And so it was something completely new to me. Uh, I had, like I said, I, I did have nice clothes when I was homeless. I did. I wore shirts, ties, dress shoes, slacks. Uh, and with the hopes of being able, I, I still had a hope of being able to find sustainable employment so I could get myself back on my feet. But uh, once I got thrust into homelessness, uh, the longer I was homelessness, the more, the quicker my, my wardrobe 
decreased. Right. <laughs> I went from, you know, I went from uh, uh, corporate America style clothes to being homeless, being homeless. I looked and even smelled homeless. And I, you know, that, that was just the beginning. You told me some interesting stories from that time, like you started a newspaper for the homeless community, and then you became a member of a four-man acapella group. And I mean, these are interesting stories as part of your experience, but looking back on it now, do you feel like the newspaper and the and the choir, do you feel like that these were things that kind of helped you grow as a person and eventually these helped you get out of your situation? I do. I think I think they helped me find my focus. Uh, because I, I think I, I didn't have my focus before I, I began the new, uh, writing for the newspaper that I had, News From Our Shoes. Um, I think that's what really gave me my focus because when I started, when I noticed the guys just aimlessly wandering every day and every night in the shelter that we were in, that's what, that's what struck a chord in me that something had to be done because they had no sense of direction and no sense of purpose. And I had fallen into that same, that, that same negative mindset. And I wanted to do something to get myself out while collectively getting them out of it as well. So you also told me about the fears you had while you were homeless. There was this constant fear of danger and fear for your life. Um, so how does a person get through that? and come out on the other side with a positive outlook like you have. So, I mean, are you surprised looking back that you were able to survive this experience? And I know a lot of people have been much less fortunate. Correct. And, and you're right, Billy. Yes, I did. I did have those fears. Uh, I didn't think I would make it out alive. I didn't because I saw I saw a lot uh, that happened. I, I lost a lot of associates and acquaintances when I was homeless. A lot of people I knew were killed or murdered and and. and it was it was a fear. There was an intense fear, no doubt. Uh, I remember there was a guy that we used to all hang out with who was uh, beheaded in a McDonald's parking lot on Peace Street. Uh, I mean, such a heinous crime. Other friends shot with a shot by a twelve gauge shotgun under a bridge where he slept one night. Uh, the last night I slept on the street, a lady who slept in the church across the street from where I church or where I slept was stabbed to death. Uh, Yes, there was a lot of fear. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I didn't think I would get out of it alive. I didn't think I would get out of it at all, to be honest. I didn't. Uh, it, there didn't seem to be a way out. There really didn't. But one day, you know, one day the way came, and uh, I ran with it. I remember you said you had a plane ticket, and you were about to start this new life in Seattle, and then just that week you got this note that you were accepted for a housing voucher in Raleigh. And so that happens, and then a few years later you decide to take on this college degree. So looking back again, um, these are definitely monumental decisions on your part. What, what leads a man in his 50s to decide to take on college? I was 50 when I decided to go to, back to school. I was 55. Yeah. I was 54, 55, and I had, yes, I... Well, going back to school was something I'd always wanted to do. I always wanted to better my education. That I had always wanted to do that. And um, I just didn't think I would be able to do that. But, you know, really looking back over years prior to that, I, my high school guidance counselor told me when he asked me in my junior year what I wanted to do after college, I said, after high school, I said, well, I want, I'd like to go to the college. He said, oh, you'll never be able to go to a university. You, uh, you, a, Vote a Votech school is all you could ever hope for. And I'm like, 
Who are you to say that? You don't know me like that. You don't know what I go through at home, and I'm not going to tell you what I go through at home. But uh, I I I defied I, I defied that. That was one reason. That was another reason I wanted to go to school. I wanted to defy his, his outlook of my future because he, who was he to say what my future was? Tell me about the day you earned your degree. Um, was there a ceremony? No, we didn't have we didn't have an in person graduation during COVID. We did. Oh, you mean uh, Wake Tech or Campbell? No, no, back at Campbell. Yeah, back at Campbell. Oh, okay. So yeah. so at Campbell we didn't have a we didn't have a in person graduation because during it was the the height of COVID. I so that was a, okay. that was a big disappointment. Oh my God, that was the biggest disappointment because I lived for that day. I lived for that moment <laughs> and I was deprived, I was deprived of it. And I, it was just the biggest letdown. It really was. So, <laughs> you know, I was glad to get my degree, but I got it in the mail. So you got your master's degree from Walden University uh, back uh, earlier this May. And now you're going for your doctorate. Uh, can you tell me where are you studying? At Walden. I'm at Walden still. I'm still at Walden University gotcha. online. It's uh, and uh, I'm it's still majoring in healthcare administration as well. Okay. And uh, we're still. I'm, I'm like I said. I'm in the second. I'm finishing my second quarter. We have three weeks left in the second quarter. So I'm I'm still in the coursework phase. So right. and it's this is an interesting journey to say the least. I guess you'll be in your mid sixties when it's all said and done. Yes, yes, okay. I will be in my mid, I should be probably in my early to mid 60s. All right. I'm 61 now, so I should probably finish by 64, the latest. I guess a lot of people in their 60s might be thinking retirement, and then here you are about to go through what I can only imagine will be very difficult coursework and, I don't know, dissertations and, and all that. So when all that's done, what's next for you when your uh, education journey comes to an end? Honestly, Billy, you know, in being, in being, Honest with myself and in being realistic, well, especially with societal uh, requirements and expectations. Uh, I know, I know everyone, uh, employers look for the millennials. Everyone thinks younger is better, newer is fresher. And, and, and I'm neither one of those. I'm not young. I'm not new. I'm not fresh. Um, and, but you know, Billy, my biggest, I think I, I want my doctoral degree just to satisfy an internal, an internal, uh, quest that I always I have always had. I've always wanted to earn my doctoral degree. And I would like to be able to do that. However, I wouldn't mind working in healthcare, but I I have never worked in healthcare because of my criminal record. So I was always I've always been turned down for employment because of my criminal record, even lately, even recently, and I have three degrees. So I have three degrees that I can't even get employment in. So it's that's discouraging at times. Even to me now it is. I you know I've worked so hard to get to this point uh, academically, and and I you know I just no one would give me the chance. But but there is a a little ray of sunshine in this process. Um, when we last talked, I also spoke to you about being able to have my criminal record expunged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as of now, my criminal records is in the process of expungement, thanks to okay. the law clinic. Blanchett Community Law Clinic at Campbell oh, University. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. They they do really great work, and they help a lot they of people do. with. Yeah, they worked with me for a few years. They didn't just start. They worked with me for a few years to get to this point, and they were diligent in this quest with me. And so, I just want to give them a shout and say thank you to yeah. every one of them there. So, is there a chance you might like go back and work with homeless people? Maybe help those who are in similar situations you were in, or or in a place that you just you know all too well. And honestly, I never really thought about it. 
Yeah. I, I've never I've never considered it actually. Um I was more interested in I was more interested in I, I was interested in a career change, but I wanted my career change to be in healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> uh but I, I don't know. I mean I can't say I would I would I would turn it down if I had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh if the opportunity presented itself, I might I might consider it sure. I'm gonna guess you were probably one of the oldest, if not the oldest. Uh, person in all these online classes. I got, I got to correct you there, Billy. Okay. Uh, most of my classmates are my age or older, believe oh, okay. it or not. Great. Yeah, most of my classmates, now I'm in class, most of my classmates are medical doctors, surgeons, directors of nursing. They're, they're, they're healthcare professionals in every, most of them work for the Joint Chiefs, I mean the Joint Commissions, the, the Veterans Administration. They are true healthcare professionals. But that's where it gets intimidating for me because they have all this experience and I have none. <laughs> are, are you, um, are you upfront about your story with, uh, with your classmates or, or are they aware or do you even get that deep into it? Because I know, um, you interviewed with us. You just had a story that recently came out on WRAL. Um, are your classmates aware of your past and are they, uh, um, does that become a way for them and for you to, I guess, uh, get to know each other and communicate better? Or is my that something that you don't share with them? My classmates are aware of my past. Uh, a lot yeah. of them saw the story. They saw the story like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been barraged with, I've been bombarded with questions and, and comments. Positive, all positive, supportive yeah. comments. Uh, they are very supportive. Uh, they're proud of me. A lot of them are extremely proud of me. They're like, oh, Michael, I never knew. I would have never thought. Um, and that's, you know, that's another thing. You know, most people in society, uh, they stereotype you just by looking at you or, or by what you wear, where you live, what you dress. Right. But you got to know what's behind the curtain. You got to know what goes on behind the curtain. And when these people, when my classmates and my professors, uh, discovered my story, they were just, they were just blown away. They were. I think the reason that I did this story back in 2018, and I think the reason that I'm talking to you now is because I feel like you've gone through this experience that not only do a lot of people not understand, but you've gone through an experience that I think a lot of people who do go through it don't escape. And then to reach this level of higher education after having gone through what you've gone through, I don't know, I just think for a lot of people it's a very inspiring story. And I guess that's why there's so much interest in it. I think people just want to hear good good stories and they want to hear good news. And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of bad, <laughs> a lot of bad going on in this world and people just want to see a success story. I think you represent that for a lot of people. Sometimes when I, when I, think about it myself when I look back over my life internally and I think I think about all the things I've been through and where I came from to where I am now and I don't say where I am now as if I've made it because I certainly haven't but um when I look back man I'm so proud of myself Billy and that's that's one that's one phrase I've never been able to use in my entire life and I mean this literally I've never been able to say Michael Watkins I'm proud of you but now I can because yeah. I, I went through, I went through an, a major horrific struggle, and and I emerged from it successfully, whereas a lot of others that I knew didn't, and, and you know it's it, it blows me away at times when I think about it. 
When I look, when I look back on my bookcase behind me and I look at the three degrees that I have up there, I, it just does not seem real. It, it's surreal to me, Billy. It is. But yeah. I know, I know I've heard, I know I've done the work. I, I have like every textbook from my seven years of education and every notebook from every class I've ever taken. I, I'm not getting rid of any of them because that's part of my struggle. It's part yeah. of my success. And, uh, you know, it, it took me a long time to get to this point where I could say, Michael, I'm proud of you. But I have reached that point and I am proud of myself because I've done a whole, I've done a lot of work that a lot of homeless people wouldn't dare to try to do. And, and those that would dare to do them, um, they're proud of me and they ask me, Michael, how did you do it? And I advise them and I tell them and I, and I offer them suggestions so they could do it as well. Those yeah. who are interested. Well, uh, I'm going to say Mr. Watkins now because pretty soon in the future, it's going to be Dr. Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I live for that day. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to one day uh, say that, Dr. Watkins. But for now, it's Mr. Watkins. And, and I want to um, <laughs> thank you again. Uh, it's it's um, I want to congratulate you and, and uh, wish you the best of luck in, in this next step. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just really happy to see uh see where you are now it's it's really um like i said it's inspiring to a lot of people and i'm happy to help tell your story well thank you billy but you know i couldn't have done with all without the support network that i have so i'm just yeah. grateful for them for pushing me to get here <laughs>